thanks for having me on. That's a great question. Um, so I always tell people I didn't find yoga. Yoga found me. And I'm a recovering addict. And I was knee deep in an eating disorder and depression and anxiety. And at the time, I was working at our local pool. I was still in high school. And one of my coworkers looked at me random, walking by, and said, you look like somebody that would practice yoga, and then walked away. And something tripped in me when she said that. And I went home and told my mom. And I was like, I think I want to practice yoga. I think I want to try yoga. And full disclosure, I don't even think I really knew what yoga was when she said that. But something inside of me was like, you need to do this. And I went to my first yoga class, and my yoga became my weekly ritual of second chances. I went every single week, every Wednesday. I can still remember walking out of that first class, rolling up my mat and looking back into the room, and I noticed something that I hadn't noticed in years. My mind was clear. My anxiety was gone, and I was hooked. Now, I'm not saying that I was cured after the first time because we all have those wistful moments where it's like, oh, I'm saved, or oh, I don't have these problems after this one magical event. That, unfortunately, did not happen for me. Um, but what did happen is yoga started to build a lifeline for me, a toolbox for me, and I kept coming back week after week, and I continued to find hope that maybe I don't have to live this way my entire life. Maybe I'm not a failure. Maybe there, there is hope for me. And eventually, that yoga became a job for me. My yoga teacher looked at me one day after class and said, Hope, you look like someone that would teach yoga. And at the time, I was going to college here in, in Milwaukee because that's what you do after high school. You go to college, right? Um, and uh, I something in me just tripped, and I was like, I think I'm going to go through yoga training. And I found a place in Colorado and showed up. And did a 30-day training, and I was the youngest person. Everyone else was half my, you know, double my age. And I came back after that 30 days, and again, my life wasn't magically changed. I, I didn't all of a sudden no longer have addiction problems and was no longer depressed and had these other issues, but I had hope again. I had a, a deeper uh, meaning and, and felt like I think I know what I'm supposed to do with my life because I wasn't sure at the time. And I put my admissions on hold at, at Marquette University here in, in Milwaukee and didn't go back. And I, a year later, then married my high school sweetheart and opened my yoga studio and eventually made it into outpatient treatment and really started to see the, the roadmap of my life take shape because even with all the struggles that I had, I always knew that there was purpose for me, like deep, deep down. You know how when you look down a tunnel and you just see this tiny little speck of light, you don't know where it's coming from, and you might even think, like, am I imagining this? But you see it. That's what I had my entire life was just this tiny little speck saying, do not give up hope. There, there's purpose for you or you wouldn't be here. And that's kind of what I started telling myself. Like, if there wasn't purpose for me, I'd be dead. As, as maybe harsh as that sounds, that's what I was telling myself. And I just kept stepping forward into the unknown, as scary as it was, because what else did I have to lose? It was either that or I'm slowly killing myself, that there's only a matter of time before uh, this, is, this is it, this is over. And that just kept on leading me into another opportunity and another opportunity. And yoga became a lifeline for me. But what was amazing is I started attracting people at my yoga studio that also were going through similar things. I was attracting people in recovery. I was attracting people that were struggling. Um, I was attracting people that were helping me as much as I was helping them. And yoga became this platform. Teaching yoga became this platform for me to slowly allow these secrets that have been holding me hostage the majority of my life. I was beginning to become free from them. So one of the things, and, and I, I know a little bit about you, um, that with, with addiction, 
the, the guilt and the shame of this big overarching secret that you are faulty and that you're doing these these horrible things is so strangling. And and for someone that has struggled with an eating disorder most of their life, I always felt like, you know, I wish I was just like an alcoholic or I wish I was just like turning to drugs because at least like that I could just step away from. And obviously I don't mean that in a negative sense, like if you struggle with those, because addiction is addiction, man. But um, I felt like people didn't understand. And people always looked at me that knew and were like, oh, there's the girl with the eating disorder. Even my family. Oh, does she still have problems if I didn't eat certain things at, at the family party or, or whatever? Like, there was always this judgment lurking. But when I was on the yoga mat, there was no judgment. People just saw me. And that was incredibly freeing. Okay, so here's my question. I got to get my head around this. And thank you so much for making my life to me is this idea of if I just keep showing up and doing the best that I can in that moment, that is good enough for that moment. And and for somebody that has struggled with addiction, or maybe you're listening and you are struggling right now, that if I just keep waking up every morning and saying, I'm going to do the best that I can and, and, and be able to just continue to learn from these opportunities, that second chance that I was given, I'm going to get it again, and I'm going to get it again. And and one of the things that, that yoga helped me with is every time I came to the yoga mat, I saw myself raw. And I think we all need this because I believe we're all addicted to something. And when we get an opportunity to have a mirror for ourselves, and that's what yoga was for me and so many of my students, past and current, was we got to look at ourselves. I got to look at myself how I really was. And I got really good at observing not only myself, but other people, body language, mannerisms, breathing, all of that after teaching for so long. And one of the things I recognized in others and in myself was that when things get hard, we tend to disconnect. And so on the yoga mat, you're in a balanced pose and it's hard. All of a sudden, oh, I'm thirsty. I need to get a drink of water. Or you're in a, a pose that might seem boring. Now you're picking the toenail polish after your toenails. Or all of a sudden your body temperature changes because you're working and that's uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden you have to step out and go to the bathroom. We do this to ourselves all the time when we don't like the feeling that we're having. And as a recovering addict, the whole reason why I would binge and purge and overeat and do, you know, use alcohol and and smoke and do all these things, cut and, and harm myself, was because I didn't like the feelings that I was feeling. And in yoga, I I call it a safe place. It's an incubator for life because when you come to the mat, there's no self-harm that can happen there beyond just abusing the practice of yoga. And, And so I would come to the mat and I would deal with these same uncomfortable feelings that I was having in life. I saw the parallel one day and I was like, oh my gosh. So when I come here and I'm uncomfortable, I recognize that on the yoga mat, these feelings pass. And so I practice on the yoga mat, and then I all of a sudden have that same experience in my kitchen staring at my pantry thinking, okay, my parents are going to be home in 20 minutes. I could eat this, 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 and this before they got home, binge and purge, and I'll be fine. Like, that's how my brain was working. That's what I was obsessed with. And I was teaching myself to sit with that discomfort alone at my house or wherever I was, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, my gosh, these feelings actually pass. Like, I'm okay. And so yoga became the mirror for me, the lifeline for me to practice living in a safe place. And I extended that to my own bathroom mirror. I I would binge and purge or I would harm myself or I would have a really bad day. And before I would leave that bathroom, I'd look up up at myself in the mirror and I'd say, okay, Hope, forgive yourself because you, you messed up. 
when I look at myself in my own eyes, that was the key here. I looked at myself in my own eyes and saw myself and said, Hope, what can you learn from this? And I had to answer myself. I had to answer myself looking back at myself in my own eyes and tell myself the truth of what I learned from this. And then when I would leave that bathroom and I would close that door, I would promise myself every time, now I wasn't perfect every time, that I would forget it and let go and move on. Because as addicts, and and what we do is we keep reliving those moments. We keep on punishing ourselves like, you suck, you're bad, you're you're such a messed up, you're never going to be able to get this right. And you drag those mistakes there for hours, days, weeks, sometimes months. And I started to practice the art of self-forgiveness. And, and that happened by having reflection time, getting honest with myself and seeing who was really in the mirror, even if I didn't like what I saw. question. Um, so for me, it was about connecting not only to the person that I know was inside, like a, a, as somebody that's been in recovery now, I always said I had an eating disorder mind and then I had me. And at one point, the, the eating disorder addictive mind took over and I was like a walking corpse for, you know, quite some time and just like not in my body. And so, so for me, connecting meant not only connecting to my true self that's inside of me, that person that like I, I was when I was four years old and just loved life and was so confident and, 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 and just saw the world as beautiful and trying to connect with that, but also connect with my higher power, whatever that is for everybody else, it means a little bit different. And, and that doesn't matter. It's just connecting to something greater than myself. I'm a part of a bigger plan. And, and, and the idea of disconnecting um, was I needed to disconnect from all of the other stuff telling me what I'm supposed to be, who I'm supposed to be, and how. And yoga was a way for me to disconnect from all the, 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 the BS and reconnect with myself. And I think when we don't have that time for ourselves, we end up living disconnected. And, and we see those people out there in life, and I was that person, where it's just like they're lost. They're lost because they're not believing that they're worth the time to take 20 minutes a day and reconnect. I, I mean, I, I live with some people like that. I have people like that in my family, in my close friend circles. It's like stop devaluing that a little bit of yoga or a walk or go to the gym or, or go to bed 15 minutes early and pop on a set of headphones and listen to a meditation. Like, it's like the more I punish myself and the more I'm better, like, I'm, I'm not sure. And I don't think that that's the way to go. Yoga has two parts. 
is and finding a group, finding a safe place. And that's one of the reasons why I started my yoga studio was I was detrimental to myself alone. But when I was in with other people, it kind of kept me safe and kept me from backsliding. So is there a community you can be a part of? Is there a friend that you can call? You know, having that safe place and that safe space is so important, at least it was for me, and I've seen it for other people. Um, and I totally agree with you. Mother Chakra Yoga is, well, it's going to make more sense. Let me start with how Mother Chakra Yoga came to be, yeah. because then I think that will make more sense to you, more sense to listeners. You get to chart that line, um, and I and I love that, and that fills a void for me in my own life, and, and being just you know kind of a little on that line myself. So okay, anywho, so um, three years ago, I met a perfect stranger at a local business mixer, and I still had my yoga studio at the time, and had kind of just felt like I was at the end of that road with with that path, and I felt like I knew there was more for me. I didn't know what. I didn't want to go and close my yoga studio and then just, like, be twiddling my thumbs. That's not a good business move. It's not a good, you know, life strategy. And so I just kept on, you know, praying and meditating and opened myself, like, please show me a sign. Please show me what's next. Please, like, open my eyes to seeing whatever that is. I felt like I had gifts and talents that were being underutilized. I was ready for more. And my husband is in local politics, and he was like, hey, you should come with to me with this local business mixer. And, uh, you know, just hang out tonight. And I'm like, eh, you know, I know everybody's going to be there and not really interested. He's like, no, you should come. So I came. And I'm standing at this table having my little snacks and drinking my old fashioned. And I look over and I don't recognize this guy. Everyone else in the room I pretty much know. And I start talking to him. And at the time I'm trying to pitch him corporate yoga because that's partly what I did at the time. And he looks at me and says, do you have anything for truck drivers like in the cab of their truck and I like to think I'm funny sometimes and so I throw up my hands and I'm like mother trucker yoga and he looks at me and says that's brilliant sticks out his hand and says you want to go into business now I met this guy 20 minutes ago never never met a perfect stranger and I look at my husband and with my husband I've been married now almost 15 years he's my high school sweetheart and I look at him and he he's the rock in our relationship and I'm the balloon. I'm the, let's say yes and figure it out later. He's like, let's say no and, like, continue to say no. <laughs> and so I look at him, and he says, you should totally do it. You should totally do it, which is very out of character for him. And so we shake hands. He calls me the next day and says, all right, partner, are we doing this? And in four months, we built a business from scratch. We launched at the largest truck show in Louisville and that following year in March. And uh, Mother Trucker Yoga was born. A year later, I bought him out of the business, and here we are. That's a really great question. Um, and for me, for me, I really felt like in my career, in my hometown here, I had a yoga school. I stayed approved vocational school for nine years. 
Um, I, I've written manuals on yoga and fitness and movement, and, and I pretty much had tapped out what I felt like in my market. And there was this void inside of me growing. I, I started to notice that I didn't want to go to work. And it wasn't just like a burnout, you know, like take a vacation feeling. It was a, I didn't feel like when I was showing up, as much as I loved teaching in the moment, and I never regretted going to the mat, and I always had a great time. It's not That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a much deeper feeling, like I felt like I was being underutilized. Like I was showing up and doing something that, for some people, that's their dream, and that's great. But for me, I felt like my gift, my talent, and my insight to what I can offer out to the world was way underutilized and I was outgrowing what I was doing and it really started to feel like the longer I stayed the the more I would create a sour taste for everybody involved if that makes sense So when I first went to my very first yoga teacher training when I was barely 19, and uh, actually 18 I was, and I went to that training, and after our, our little meeting in the circle, we sat down with 11 other, other people in the training, and I go, went back to my dorm room, and I wrote down all these things that I wanted to do in my life. I was just kind of like, oh, these are all the things I want to accomplish, and I kept that sheet. And at that point, I was looking for something more. I had kind of checked all those things off in my box. So there was, like, this sheet of paper. I had all of these, like, goals that I wanted to achieve. And I didn't achieve all of them, but the majority of them that I had. And then coupled that with this feeling of, like, being underutilized, I think for a lot of us in the world, when we're unhappy, we're not listening to those inner signs, those inner alarms saying, it's time, it's time, it's time, because we're still going by the track of what other people say. You should be so happy. You have a business that's making money. You have a good job. You're providing for your family. Like we have all this other logic that somebody else came up with, and we're not listening to what's going on inside, which is the really the, the clock, the, the navigating for our own life. We're not listening to that. We're thinking that someone else outside of ourselves knows more than we do. And that was also a big issue for me growing up because I always felt like I thought differently like I, than everyone else. I was always outside of the norm and I was constantly comparing myself to the status quo and that was causing me a lot of anguish and a lot of confusion and a lot of struggle because I didn't, I wasn't taught as a kid. My parents always told me to be confident and love who you are and you're good enough but they never taught me how to do those things. That was a huge struggle then as an adult. Like, how do I do that? And yoga kind of taught me how to do that. And part of that is listening to those things and then looking up, looking up from the ground. And when an opportunity presents itself, stop questioning that it's not what you asked for. Like, this dude pops up into my life. He doesn't even live in my local area. He was actually working with a local business in my area, a trucking company. And that was why he was at that event. He drove up for that. He wasn't even going to come last minute. He drove up to that, just like I wasn't going to come until last minute. And here, life puts this opportunity in front of me. How many people would have just laughed at that conversation and went home and been like, yeah, this funny thing happened to me? And, and let's talk about why people do that. And this is really important here, is that there's also this thing that says, what you're talking about is more than possibly mm -hmm. what you want to create and who you want to be business with. You have all this great space here. And what I say to that is, and this is something I would say, that you are not your natural environment. You're not your natural environment. And it's hard to find that space when people are so focused on what they want to create. And I think mm -hmm. that that's where it gets really really messy when you come into the world and say, yeah, I get it. I get all this stuff you're talking about. But if I would have known, I would have been like, hey, I do what I want. Hold on a second. How do you even get to that space of being able to say, hey, I think I'm going to do something with this. So, I think that's a really important thing. 
correct so so you have a couple of things you said in there and so first of all you're absolutely correct i did not just shut my business down the next day so there's a there's a sense of reality that is you know among us at all times and i'm very much a believer of you know staying positive you know and also be in touch with reality and that you know we're, we're given opportunities in life to take them but we also have to make sure we have a foot in the reality door and for me it was like okay I'm going to see what happens with this, but I'm not just going to close my yoga business down right now. So for about a year or so, I was doing both. I was slowly, as, as Mother Trucker Yoga became more and more of like, a, okay, I think this is really becoming something, I was stepping further and further away from my yoga studio and started to begin that process of what it would look like. I explored selling it, which really just wasn't an option in my area. Um, and so I began that process of closing it down because I felt like that was the best way for me to have closure and not have to, like, drive through town every day and see my yoga studio with my students. Like, I didn't think that for me was healthy. Um, and so I began that process. And then as Mother Trucker Yoga grew and, and became more of a thing and was like, okay, I think this is actually, you know, uh, valuable and uh, going to actually work, I finally pulled the plug on my studio, which, for those listening, the safety net in life, letting go of that, is so hard. Because that's what that was. It was a safety net. It was familiar. I knew exactly what to expect. I knew exactly how much money it was going to make every single month. I knew exactly how many students I would have, no matter what month it was. Because I had my diehards. I could rely on them. Like, there was a, it was a crutch as much as it was a safety net that pulling that plug as much as listening, you might be thinking, well, how did you do that? Or, like, how did you prepare for that? There comes a point where you just got to pull it. You just got to pull it. And, and as uh, someone that's been in recovery now for over 15 years or just about 15 years, I knew what was going to happen pulling that. I would have to sit with the discomfort. I was prepared to sit with the uncomfortableness of the unknown. I had to be prepared to sit with the uncomfortableness of people saying things that weren't true about why I closed my business. I had to sit with the uncomfortableness of maybe failing. Failing, this mother trucker thing maybe would flop, and then what? Well, well, my husband and I talked, and we were like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I opened my yoga studio back up again? I mean, I mean really, like, what, what's so bad? That's a great question to ask ourselves, and, and as somebody that, that has had an addiction for so long, that question was really scared because, scary because every time I was in the action of, of binging and purging or abusing myself or hurting myself in any way, it was like I could never get to that answer because I was so overwhelmed with grief. I was so overwhelmed with shame. I was so overwhelmed with, with anger and frustration with myself. I never could even answer that. It was too overwhelming. And so just the fact that I could sit with those uncomfortable feelings and know that people were going to judge me and know that people were going to criticize or people were going to question. I mean, I had people tell me when, when we had Mother Trucker Yoga that first year, my, my former business partner and I were at a trade show, and this guy came up and was like, brilliant, a brilliant business. I think it's great. But your name is horrible. I would never do business with a company with a name like that. You will never make it. And I'm a pretty ambitious person. That, to me, was a sign that I was going to make it. Because when people project fear onto you about what they feel about themselves, you know, it was like that was a mirror. He was mirroring something in himself. I was like, this is all the more reason. Because a business that's not memorable is not a business that's going to make it. I mean, think about it. Like, the names that you remember are the ones that are like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm on that, and I had people taking pictures of our of our banners when we're at trade shows. You know, I had people like Mother Trucker Yoga. I remember seeing that. Like, I never have to worry about that. People are memorable, and I think that's one thing in business. Like, it takes guts to really put yourself out there. I know we're not for everybody. I know my name. You know, 
hope that line of, of almost politically incorrect or uncomfortable, but I feel like that's also what you have to do if you really want to make it. And with Mother Trucker Yoga, I made the decision that I was going to go big or go home because with my studio, I played it safe. I played it safe because I was too worried about what other people thought or how other people would judge me or if if I didn't make it, what people would be saying about me, which is all my addiction talking. And, and with Mother Trucker Yoga, I got a second chance to do it right. say one last thing. I think in business, you know, the best businesses, the most creative businesses, the ones that are making it, if you really look at them and you listen to their story or you read their bio or whatever it is, like their biography or whatever it is, they usually, one, were first faced with adversity, two, were doing something outside the box that everyone else wasn't doing, and three, they were willing to stand up for whatever they believe in, even if they were having to stand alone. And that is one thing that, that has always been a front line for me. Like, even despite all of my obstacles, I always knew I was an outsider, and I always knew that I wasn't ever supposed to be inside the box. So that was always a pushing force for me, like, hope. You you can't just do what everyone else is saying. You have to do you, and you are good enough. These are all, like, mantras I started telling myself for years and years and years, and I never thought that they would actually come true and be helpful. But even starting Mother Trucker Yoga, a year later I bought my business partner out of the business, because deep down, after about six, eight months working with him, I recognized I was doing the majority of the work, and he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, and this was more for me. He was my foot in the door, and part of my recovery start, started to creep in, and I had to stand up for myself. I had to voice up for what I wanted, and I had to take it. And that was telling him I didn't want to be partners anymore, and I wanted to buy out the business which by far was one of the hardest things I ever did because I had to face somebody else being upset with me. And, and that, as a people pleaser, that is petrifying. Mother Trucker Yoga is, this isn't yoga, this isn't truck drivers doing yoga out in the parking lot, although that would be awesome to see. This is, this is really about breaking down what yoga has taught me and all of the training that I have done and, and physically part of my passion outside of yoga because I realized practicing yoga that like there was a lot missing was I began studying like functional movement and how the core works and biomechanics and all, like, basically how our body actually moves in real time. And I insert that into yoga. And so Mother Trucker Yoga is this breaking down and creating a toolbox for drivers, men and women, of things that they can do five minutes or less behind the steering wheel in the driver's seat in their sleeper, which is their bed and the cab, and right outside the truck, things that they can discreetly do while filling up with fuel or while doing their, their, their pre-trip check around the truck and no one would even recognize. And this is really how I, I believe yoga fits even better into your life, is how can I insert yoga into my day rather than how can I remove myself from my day and go practice yoga, which is what a lot of people do. They put on their yoga vest, and then they go and leave the yoga mat, and then they go and, and are not making good choices. And so I just don't believe that that's the most effective way to use yoga. And when I came into trucking, I saw a void, and I really saw that these drivers need hope, and they need help, and they need um, opportunities to get well. And that means kind of adding these things into their day, mental, physical, emotional, health, and wellness, and if exercise was the solution for them, they'd already be fit and healthy. They, they, there wouldn't be 86% of drivers being obese. And, and so that wouldn't be problems. And so part of what I feel like I'm good at, and again, I was underutilized, like I said, in the yoga world, I brought all of this way of like deconstructing yoga and looking at movement and looking at the mind and looking at breathing. And I was able to bring it into 
an ocean into an industry that was thirsty for it. Sometimes we, we our gifts and talents, we're using them, but we're just using them in the wrong ocean. We're just using them in the wrong setting, in the wrong industry. I, I, I made a lateral move from the yoga world to the trucking world. I didn't change myself. I didn't reinvent myself. I didn't become someone else. I, I stayed who I was, and I just shifted gears. Maybe that's what you need today, is to just look up and go, if I'm feeling underutilized, if I'm feeling like there's more for me, I don't need to reinvent myself. I don't need to go back to school to get another degree. Maybe I just need to slide over somewhere else and use what I'm already doing and good at with an industry or an audience or a tribe that needs that. That's what I did, and that's how Mother Trucker Yoga was born. I saw an opportunity, and I slid myself over. It just so happens to be exactly where I'm supposed to be in life, and I feel that deep in my bones. Maybe that's what you need to do. fancier guidebook, what is the worst that could happen if you just do what's in your gut, what, what is in right in front of you? You fail, someone sees that you weren't perfect, or you have an amazing opportunity, or, or whatever it is. Like, there's really very little really bad thing that can happen when we trust our gut, we trust our intuition, we trust our higher power that's guiding us. Like, I, I just refuse to look at life and say, I'm, 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 I'm being guided to the bad things. Like when we always see that everything is a bad corner, I just refuse to see that. I, I, I just choose to see that these are all opportunities for us, lessons to be learned. These aren't like, oh, I'm going to fail again. I look at it like, oh, I'm going to learn something I need to learn so I don't have to learn it again so that when I get to that next place, I'm not repeating the cycle. It's like the person that keeps dating the deadbeat over and over. You're not learning the lesson. Like, you keep attracting that deadbeat type of person because you haven't learned. Like, I'm always like, okay, Mir, show me the lesson so I don't have to learn it again so I can take another step forward no matter where my road takes me and I can get to the next step. Yeah, what if I just keep going? Yeah. Yeah. What if? What if? <laughs> you are the best. I hate you. <laughs> like, what if you have a so fun. show? But, but, so, like, so many things can work with that. Absolutely. So I hang out a lot on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Mother Trucker Yoga. Um, and I do Facebook Lives. We're on Instagram, Mother Trucker Yoga. And you can also find me on Instagram, Hope Zavara. That's Z-V-A-R-A. And we just started out on TikTok. So you can find Mother Trucker Yoga on TikTok. Um, we have some cl- little clips up there. But definitely connect. Send me a message. I'd love to hear your story and see how we can help move forward together. I love that. And I, I just didn't know that was going to happen. I had no idea that was coming. So I knew <laughs> this was oh my god. Anyway, hope thank you so much. Oh, I can't wait to see you. Everybody stay tuned. Let's talk more. Yeah. I just want to hear you. Let me know if you want to talk. I just want to hear you, but I'll appreciate it. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Love you. Okay. Thanks everybody. Thank you so much. Bye now. Bye.